Hello, and welcome to the spookiest season of the year. October 2023. I am Noah. And I am Gavin. And we are the blood-sucking Blanchard Brothers. And we are here once again to get spooky with you. What's up? What's up? Hey. Welcome to October 2023. <laughs> uh, for all you Spotify listeners, I'm going to, I'm going to, from the top, just shit all over them. Okay. Uh, we had a proper kickoff a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It was called, it was called Welcome to Chiller Theater. I did a whole, you know, you, you just brought, we're recording this over Zoom. We got, we both got kind of a late night radio disc jockey vibe. You look like Wolfman Jack right now. Yeah. Uh, and you can also not see my face because I am backlit. Yes. By some neon, <laughs> some neon lights. I'm just a, I'm just a shadow, baby. Uh, yeah. So with, uh, with that in mind, I did a whole little thing where I, I took some of my, my tunes, my creepy, you know, halloween inspired tunes from a couple years ago and i did this whole like i'm a like i'm a ghost radio dj host and i'm introducing all these songs and it was just like a nice little 45 minute episode to kick off the season next morning i'm like yo spotify like where is it what's up like it didn't update what's going on sometimes that happens sometimes you just gotta reload but i do check my email and sure enough, uh, they were like just removed for for reasons of content. Did not didn't explain what, and it wasn't a copyright strike. I'm like, it's all music that I own and I created, and it was my podcast. I don't know why, but it is available on the website and literally every other podcast service. Like it's on, it's on Apple. Went on there just fine, no issues. So. Yeah, no, I listen to it on Apple. So, yes. and so I've seen a couple October... other places are coming back, like to Apple and other places, like Spotify only podcasts um, that are like, okay, hey, now we're back on everybody's feed. And they're like, I don't know if that's like a contract deal thing or if they are getting like more stringent with stuff. So they're like, eh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to like deal exclusively with Spotify because I may deal with like having stuff taken down quicker right. or whatever. But so it was yeah. just yeah I and we've had so many old episodes pulled uh mostly because of the Universal Music Group which I'm just like okay I I get it but like we never you know all of that was in the vein of music criticism and or love and it was all you know for the most part short clips we did some like long stuff back in the day but anyways I I digress I digress uh so yeah, I just we get, we got off to a weird start with this year, but we did have Mr. Uh, Sunshine Mayfield's uh, always welcome annual article of the uh, twenty horror movies that you may not have seen, which is you know based on how many people have actually logged it on IMDb. So there, there's some stuff on there that you're probably like, oh, I've I've gotten to this, but you'd be surprised. A lot of people, uh, stop, dude, the way your phone light is contrasting with your all red. So you're you're all red and I'm all blue. 
This total, is very this total is very, double dragon. Dude. I was gonna say this is very double dragon, which is something we dressed as as kids for Halloween. Except we were blue and green, and now I'm wondering why we weren't blue and red. I don't know. I think mom just kind of like screwed up on they, the the fabric of that one, and they just rolled with it. And it was they probably like, didn't have red as a yeah. fabric. It maybe wasn't available. Probably, yeah. All the other kids got red double jacket. Got red, red ninja costumes. Yes, yes. Uh, Okay, so where do where do you want to start? Like I said, it's been a weird start to October, so we're just we're just we're just kicking back. We have you you know you've been busy. I've been busy. I had a birthday, thirty three now. That's pretty horrific. Mom Uh, had a birthday. You have a younger brother that's thirty three years old. How does that? I know. How does that make you feel? I mean, I'm looking at 36, like, eh, you know. And of course, mom had a mom had a big birthday this year, uh-huh. uh huh. So that was fun. Um, what was I gonna say? Uh, I had something I was gonna say. Oh, um, yeah. Do you want to like? I don't know. I haven't read the, that article thing. Does he have it like in an easy readable list thing? You just want to go through these, and we can be like, seen it. Uh, yeah, seen we it? can we can shout that. That'd, that'd, be, a, be, a great, that'd be a great. That'd be a great jumping way off to, point just to go to through start. that. What a great idea. Yeah. And and you know where you can do that, Gavin? Where can, where 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 can the listeners do that? The archive.com. That would be correct. Uh yes. Yes. It's going to be the the second article on the Two page points. just just below Welcome to Chiller Theater, the exclusive home, the non-Spotify home of that great great episode of of uh of the podcast. Yeah, dude, I mean I I rode around listening to it. Like I just you know, drive it at night, listen to that shit. It was did, you get, did you get scared? No, not really. I, it, it, double, it doubles as like a creepy, but also like it doubles as like you're riding through like, mm. I mean, you have to imagine where you're at, but like you're riding through like the high desert and you like, you pick this guy up on AM slash FM somewhere on like a random station. You're never going to get in like the big city or like other smaller towns, but you're, out in the desert where like the way the radio waves are just flowing a lot better and you just kind of like turn over to this station and there's this guy here just like hey these are some these are some stuff i did you know and it's like i almost was mad that you didn't like intercut fake uh like radio commercials for well, it and stuff that, like that that uh, honestly i was gonna do like you know this was gonna be episode one and then Chiller Theater was going to be like a little thing. But then I got a little discouraged when it was taken off of Spotify because I was just like, those are my my tunes, man. And like, do you think it's because like you you mentioned things that inspired it and those were copyrighted things? So someone just found a reason to take it off? Or do you think that like, like I, I don't even know, dude. It's just anything that they feel like is copyrighted, they're going to take it down. I just I find I guess I have found that Spotify is like the most stringent these days which is you know again it's all free like right I, we're yeah. not making any money off of this podcast so i don't right. understand what the issue is i i truly don't uh here's what i'm thinking let's play a fun game with this list okay i'm gonna read you the copy from mr sunshine mayfield and maybe I'll do it in the spooky voice or a variety of spooky voices. Okay. You and know, then you, was, and then you got, can try and guess, guess what the what the movie is that he's, okay, yeah, I can that he's that. talking about. Okay. You guess it's better than you telling me the title and me guessing what happens in the movie. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I think so. Okay. Said, yeah. Okay. So again, yeah, the the copy I'm reading is from our, our good friend, Mr. Sunshine Mayfield, who's been with us from the very beginning here at the Archive, uh, and has been doing this article for, I think, three or four years now. At least three. updating it. Uh, yeah. So here we go uh, with the first one. Um. What, what voice should we voice should we go for? This one's more I'm gonna go more trailer voice here on this one because this compact gem wastes no time in delivering spine-tingling moments that will undoubtedly make you squirm in your seat. It pays a stylish homage to the occult subgenre, demonstrating its ability to blend dark themes with a pulsating narrative. The film is a testament to the talent of director Sean Byrne, who continues to rebuild a former excuse me, to build a formidable resume in the horror realm in its brevity and style blank packs a punch reminding us that horror can be both thrilling and immensely entertaining while it may not be a nightmare inducing masterpiece it is a compelling addition to the genre and guarantees a devilishly good time devilishly good time and it didn't come out it came out this year this is from the year 2015. Oh. And it's one hard rocking, devil centered sort of movie. Is it The Devil's Candy? It sure is. Oh, okay. All right. Yes, The Devil's Candy uh, for Mr. Sean Byrne, who also appears later on the list. We'll get to that. Uh, this is his, I don't know if it's straight up his second one, but second, like, high profile one that we've been aware of. Uh, pretty solid dude yeah you got uh ethan Embry in there what yeah he doesn't do full-on plot descriptions which i realized in here but it'll still be interesting to see if you can guess uh yeah i can try and of course i'll be omitting the name but uh that one's available on amc plus right now and just if you're curious for the rough numbers of like how you know underseen this one is uh the threshold is more than fifty thousand reviews on imdb like people who have logged a rating. Uh, so the Devil's Candy is at 21,106. Dude, Rotten Tomato has it as 93%. Like, that's all it's I need right there. Rock like, solid movie. And uh, again, brevity, Mayfield mentions. Uh, very key. Uh, just short, sweet, really solid horror movie. Check hmm. it out. Uh, Pruitt Taylor Vents, who people will confuse with John Carroll Lynch but uh, is uh, <laughs> fantastic and, and very, very creepy. You will, you'll, you'll recognize him. Uh, but yeah, I don't really want to spoil that one. But again, the devil's involved and metal, metal music <laughs> is involved. Uh, great time. Check that one out if you have AMC Plus uh, slash Shutter. I, I don't know if it's attached to Shutter, but broadly AMC Plus. Just, just Yeah, it should be. You, should, it you should have it in your repertoire at this point. AMC Plus should be. You should hang on to it between the the british shows they get their own originals and uh and having shutter built in there and their indie movie selection pretty solid like mm -hmm. yeah it's a it's it's not i would say it's kind of in might be in like the top three or four like most essential in my mind at least for the stuff we like to watch oh yeah definitely you got you gotta have amc plus okay number 19 from 2023 
It's easy at first glance to write off blank as only a striking and wild exercise in hedonism and violence. But as you sit with it longer and explore the world that sets just outside our own, we start to reflect on our own humanity and what we're willing to sacrifice for what we think we want. Mia Goth, once again, proves she's infinity a force pool. to be... Okay, yeah, it's Infinity Pool. Brandon Cronenberg's <laughs> Infinity Pool. Yeah, uh, we talked about it the it. other day, didn't we? I remember we talked about this. Uh, yes, I mean, and we talked about this one earlier this year, but it is yeah. now streaming on Hulu. It's just on the threshold. Uh, it's it's going to clear 50,000, I'm sure. Uh, right around, I'm sure there were some people that were straight up saving it for this season. So, uh, yeah, if you haven't gotten to it, we, we're big fans of it. I, I got to be honest, uh, on a rewatch, it did go down for me a little bit, but that's also a theatrical experience versus a home rewatch. Mm-hmm. And overall, my, my, my main takeaway was just, I like Possessor just a little bit more, even though that one's not something I want to go back to all the time. Uh, Infinity Pool is definitely more watchable, which sounds weird to say, but uh, yeah. I think I still prefer Possessor. But uh, yeah, if you want to take a shot on that one, very out there, but uh, uh, you know, if it's your brand of horror, it, it, it might scratch yeah. it. And, I, and I'm sure if it is, you've probably already seen it, but uh Okay, number 18. This one's from 2017. At first glance, it might appear as if it's crafted by film students with limited resources, but it rapidly evolves into a remarkably creative addition to the zombie movie genre. This film not only brings a refreshing level of wit and inventiveness to a somewhat oversaturated subgenre, but also pays homage to its predecessors with genuine respect. However, it's essential not to underestimate it. While it may initially come across as low-budget horror comedy, blank surprises with some of the most ingenious camera work seen in recent memory. Its ability to seamlessly blend humor, horror, and an intricate cinematography to a truly remarkable—excuse me—is truly remarkable, finding itself to be an enchanting revelation that both zombie movie enthusiasts and cinephiles should not overlook. Do you know the film? brother is it the zombie horror comedy one cut of the dead it sure is yeah all right you are uh three yeah three for three so far i had to help you a little bit with devil's candy but you got there yeah yeah i gave you i gave you two and a half on that one two and a Uh, half all right you know it's a long list so i will breeze past this next one this number 17 is possessor uh from yeah Brandon Cronenberg, which is also available on Hulu right now. And I should mention uh, One Cut of the Dead on AMC+. Plus. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. We should do this more often. We should just, like, literally read Mayfield's articles. This is great content, because then we don't have to do any work whatsoever. Yeah. It's just us guessing. This is a breeze. Yeah. And, and, we, and we made a game of it. Phoebe needs to be let out. She's she's finally done with the room. She's had enough of the lasers. So I gotta let this cat go. Uh, okay. but I will tease you with this. Number 16 on the list is from 1960. And it is available on HBO Max right Keeping now. No, I mean, we won't count the blind guess, but that was fun. That was fun. It's not peeping top. I'll be right back. Okay, when was Psycho? Psycho was Psycho wasn't was it Psycho nineteen sixty? I'm just talking to myself here. 
I had this whole thing I was going to do um, where I told Noah that like, all right, there I, is I, no oh, longer. Okay. Sorry. No, I'm what? sorry. No, it's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> there is no, there's no longer a black cat in this room. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. A poster just falls behind you. It's like just the minute you get to okay, say again, that. Again, number, don't say that. Don't say that. Uh, <laughs> number 16. Is it Psycho? 60. No. Why would Psycho be on the... No. Again, the threshold is 50,000 reviews on IMDb. Oh. To be on this list. 1960. If it's not under, Peep and Tom, I have no idea you have what to it be, is. You have to be under 50,000. I don't know if I explained that correctly. Oh. It's movies you might not have seen. Oh, okay. So we're trying to go with, you know, maybe known titles, but it's like, hey, if people have actually watched these, maybe they would have higher ratings just given the small sample size of IMDb. Huh. Okay. Of the ratings. Because your average, like, big, you know, 50,000 is not that crazy. No. Okay. Blank remains a haunting and enduring example of cinematic storytelling, presenting a chilling fairy tale of guilt and obsession that even 63 years after its release continues to captivate and terrify audiences. This classic weaves a tapestry of Goerakara, its impact undiminished by the passage of time. Director Georges Franjou's delicate yet macabre touch casts an eerie spell over the audience, leaving us haunted by the film's unsettling imagery. Um, I have no idea. I have, no, I have no idea. That is Eyes Without a Face. The Billy Idol song? You goddamn right it is. <laughs> Eyes Without a Face. I literally always assumed that he just like happened to be watching that on camera. Or it was probably a big movie for him when he was a kid. I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, famously, I don't know if you've ever seen Pedro Almodovar's The Skin I Live In with Antonio Banderas, which is fantastic. And it's kind of horror adjacent but uh, borrows a bit from Eyes Without a Face. Uh, huh. And you probably recognize some imagery from this movie. Oh, I'm sure. It, I'm uh, sure I've seen it on like a best of or like a countdown show or a countdown uh, thing, like 100 Serious Moments or like, you know, a talking yeah. head doc about stuff. So yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. Recommend as well. Uh, it's on Max right now. Number 15. Dare I? Dare I? Okay. This Australian mockumentary style horror thriller. Yeah, all right. Okay. Listen, Ivan Milat. Offering, offering Ivan Milat is take, all bullshit. Offering a fresh take on the genre with storytelling that masterfully executed, presenting its narrative through a combination of interviews, home videos, and faux documentary footage. Oh, is it Lake Mungo? It sure is. Or Mungo Lake, whatever. I thought you were going. Uh, uh, wolf creek that's why i was like let me finish speaking you, know, you, can't, ah, okay. you can't see my gestures as well in the dark can you no but i should have <laughs> yeah i should have let you go i just thought my problem is i just i have a, a fundamental problem with wolf creek because if you look at like the true story and like the true crime behind what ivan malat did it's it's not like i, I hate what's like and they never caught him and they don't know what happened to these like we we're know exactly not, who did this. So when you went Australian, I thought I yeah. thought Wolf Creek, right. and I get but that a not, lot of people saw that one, and nobody saw Lake Mungo or 
or Mungo Lake, whatever, whichever one it is. I need to watch that one. That is on my list to watch before this year, this this month's over with. I've heard great things. I just I've never been able to sit down and watch it. I've always said other stuff I was trying to do, and I was like, I'll save it for October, and now it's finally here. So wait, so you've never seen Lake Mungo? That was no, the- but I know what you're talking about. Yes. Okay. Huge recommend. It's one of those you kind of don't want to spoil for people. It's a super slow burn, but it's one of those you just, it it just sucks you right in. Super effective movie. It is available on AMC Plus and Tubi right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a huge recommend. Our next one is from 2020, a uh, movie we covered on this podcast at some length in the midst of pandemic, which, uh, yeah, I don't know if this one this one maybe faded to the to the background uh well, we've just go ahead and tell me what it is uh she dies tomorrow oh okay uh yes do you remember this one yeah where essentially anxiety is uh is the virus that is right you know just kind of passed from person to person uh mm-hmm. I, again i thought super effective uh not something that was like conceived and meant to be about what was happening but just happened to kind of coincide perfectly right uh so yeah that kind of topical you know sci-fi horror concept another one from right around that same time which is number 13 here host uh from 2020 that was the zoom horror movie yeah that was really good i was surprised with just how like quick that got it felt it's so weird that it's like okay well this is the new normal we're all doing this now so like that, all of a sudden, that I was going to say that's, that's the exact that's the exact opposite of what we were just talking about with she dies tomorrow which was like that one was just kind of fortuitous that it like captured some of the anxieties that people were dealing with at the time mm-hmm. um and the you know throw into that also like the idea of like a communicable disease etc but then yeah you have host which is like oh everybody's on zoom what if you had a zoom seance like what would you do and again brevity dude that one's super short high mm-hmm. impact like to me to I, I haven't rewatched it but in the moment like when it dropped that was that was a thing dude that was like that was one of the better horror movies of its time and it is kind of crazy rob savage has already had dash cam after that which yes, was a little yeah, more polarizing but i thoroughly enjoyed i thought it had great like set pieces built into it and some just like ingenious filmmaking period whether you liked the lead character or not um, or whether you thought that was a barrier to, to entry, uh, I thought that movie was super effective. Um, and then, of course, he just had the boogeyman, kind of the big, uh-huh. you know, I got a little bit more money, little studio, which uh, is not on this list. Uh, well, I don't know and why. is available on Hulu right now. I think probably because it has enough ratings to not be. Probably, yeah. Uh, but also... Uh, I enjoyed it, but I got to be honest, probably my least favorite Rob Savage movie so far. Uh, yeah, definitely I... had. The, you know what? I didn't what, what threw me off. But like as soon as I figured it out, I was like, OK, now I'm like I'm in this. I have a thing where like. I didn't recognize that it was old girl from Yellow Jackets for about 10 minutes. And I was like, why is this girl? look? And I was like, oh, if you put blonde hair on her, of course I knew who she is. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and she's so, great, and Messina's great. Oh my, yeah. My fundamental issue with the movie, and like some again, the the scares are fundamentally like well put together. He knows how to stage a jump scare. He knows how to build tension. He's he's a great horror director. He has firmly established that. 
Uh, my big issue is just the the creature itself, the boogeyman. Oh, yeah. For for me, a they showed it too early, mm-hmm. and I didn't really care about the creature design. It was very samey with like I just I feel like I've seen one too many of these like spindly sort of alien looking like it's this it's a quiet place like the everything just kind of all looks the same dude and i i don't know i want to get back to like i don't know show me something cool uh show me something twisted and practical and different and just like a just a fundamentally like different design of something that i could find scary it just i feel like they keep going back to that well too much that anyways that was my big hang up with with the boogeyman which otherwise i think is a really effective fun little thriller and again it's available on hulu that's a stephen king right uh yeah i thought he had something yeah. to do with that yes at some point but yeah i believe newly streaming on hulu but not on this list um hmm. number 12 uh well, i'll let you guess this one uh this one i will go ahead and say is not available streaming anywhere uh at the moment as of the writing of this article uh this is from 2014 blank is a genre bending vampire film that defies conventions and delivers a story that's equal parts romantic emotional and downright creepy anna Lily Amrapour's directorial debut is nothing short of remarkable. And it's a film that demands your attention. It's not just a vampire film. It's a character study, a love story, and a commentary on social norms. On societal norms, rather, if I could learn to speak and read correctly. Um, (laughs) It's not that one with it's maybe not a title that's on the tip of your tongue. And, is it the uh, one where the, it is? Well, is Tilda Swinton in it? No, that was is, only Lovers Left Alive. That's what I was thinking. That's which yeah. I believe I did. We do that for a two by two. I think so. Yeah. Or we were gonna do it for a two by two. We did it is, as like a that... part of an Anton Yelton thing because he was in. He was in that. Yeah. Didn't we? Yeah. 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 We did like that in Fright Night because they were the two like vampire movies or something like that. Is it the is it Let the Right One In or Let Me In? Uh no, it is uh, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh it fluctuates on and off of streaming, but uh it is currently only rentable on your VOD service of choice. Okay. Uh streaming on AMC Plus and at our number eleven slot from 2019 uh a movie i still need to get to which is uh one of the least seen on this list have you heard about tigers are not afraid Mm, no i think this one's a little more in the like del toro realm but elements of mexican folklore it's centered around kids um i honestly I, i still i don't know too much about it but it's been it's I don't know if it was a Shutter co-pro or what the deal is, but I think that one's definitely on Shutter or AMC. Okay, and that's another 40 minutes on the clock because we uh, we refuse to pay for Zoom. Mm-hmm. But you know, if you want to help us pay for Zoom, you can head over to patreon.com slash the arc of E and uh, 
become a patron and uh, help us pay for such things. So and we'll commission to, such things. Yeah. So we don't have to, you know, break up these recordings as fun as this is. Uh, I got kind of lost as far as the count on how successful you've been. So we will just count the top 10. And I yeah, don't know when the last part got cut off, but uh, Tigers are not afraid, I believe, was the 11th spot. Oh, I made a terrible joke about like in my head instantly being like, Tigers are free, like eyes without a face, Tigers are free. Like, I don't know why when you oh. said it, I instantly just like tried to sing it like Billy Idol. But anyway, that's a terrible joke I made. That's remember. That's where I remember like, you know, ending at. I think I had it randomly cut off. Yeah. Okay. So we'll, we'll move forward. I don't know. I don't know that you're going to get this next one. This is, this is a toughie. Okay, okay, but we're entering the top 10. Um, All right. Think less of a traditional horror and more Brothers Grimm fairy tale. But regardless of how you classify blank, it's certainly worth the watch. Goran Slotvetsky uses classic folk horror imagery and lore to tell a story that beautifully explores the idea of legacy and the impact that we have on others recognizing that wickedness may not only be the cause of witches. It's hypnotic and poetic while beautifully and sometimes horrifically balancing all the humanity and the gore. This is from 2022 and it is streaming on Peacock. Is it ringing a bell? I will say it stars one Miss Numi Rapace. She of Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Swedish fame. Oh yeah. Yes. Um, I probably know who you're talking about. Can't for, can't forget Prometheus. And you can't forget Sherlock Holmes. I mean, the second one. We could argue. Hello? Oh, oh, okay. But yeah, you won't be alone. I still have not gotten to this one. Uh, but you know, recommend. It's in the top ten here. Uh some modern folk horror. Which we've gotten a lot of in the last uh, last five or six years, uh, kind of post post Robert Eggers entering the the fray. Okay, the Vich. Yes, the Vich. Uh, and yes, you won't be alone. Obviously, is very new and very underseen. Just nine thousand six hundred eighty nine reviews on IMDb. Okay, uh, this is one we discussed when it came out in 2020, so I'll go ahead and roll right into it. It's available on AMC+. Plus. Do you remember The Dark and the Wicked? Yeah, like they come home to the farm and shit's just like, shit's all fucked up. Like just everything's just kind of fucked. Like there's really no, that's the only thing yes. I didn't like. I was like, there's just, just like no escaping. I mean, it was, it, would, I mean, it was very, very hopeless, very bleak, but that's yeah. kind of what I liked about it. But uh, yeah. yeah, not for... Definitely not for everybody. Uh, definitely committed to the bit. It's like, yeah, it's it's dealing with demonic forces, and uh, it's it's pretty pretty fucked up what they what they do. Uh, it's from Brian Bertino, the guy who brought us The Strangers. Uh, also did a movie called Monster with uh, Zoe Kazan, which I think was like an early A twenty four horror movie, uh, which I think is on HBO Max right now. But uh, I enjoyed that one as well. But yeah, the Dark and the Wicked. It's on AMC Plus. Yeah, not, not the what, not I'm, Scoop Minari. 
That's the Monsters. The that's the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, the, yeah. Okay. that's the first Gareth Edwards movie, who just had the creator uh, bomb massively in theaters. Yes. Is that the AI one? The JDW AI one, yes. I do want to see that. Um, I think it's worth a watch. Uh, I, I didn't hate it. I had a lot of issues with it, but more just frustrating where it was just like, ah, oh, if you just... If you just put a little as much effort into the screenplay as you did to the visuals, we might have had something here. But uh yeah. it's just a it's a great looking movie with a lot of cool like visual concepts in it that has a lot of uninteresting ideas in terms of how to tell its story. Uh but yeah, it's still worth a watch. Well, it is a visual medium. So, Side note, know. and it's not horror related. We gotta shut up. It's October. Okay. All right. So I gave that one to you. Yeah, I had no idea what that one was gonna be. Yeah, it would have been it would have been tough with the description. Uh this one's a gimme. You could probably get it from the date. So let's so let's just see what old Mayfield had to say about this one. Also, if I did this one in a voice, it would give it away. Um when you think of incredible slasher movies, it's unfortunate that Blank often gets left out of the conversation alongside the more celebrated classics. This oversight is a true disservice, for Blank stands as a cornerstone of the genre. Directed by the talented Blank, and featuring Blank, Blank, and, and Blank, among others, it's a film that has left an indelible mark on horror cinema. What sets Blank apart is its unsettling dialogue and gritty portrayal of terror as obscene phone calls escalate into something far more sinister. Oh, um, 50 years after its release, Blank still holds its own as a must-watch for any fan of the slasher subgenre. It's a gripping and atmospheric experience that laid the groundwork for the horror that followed, making it a classic that deserves its place among the genre's greats. It's from 1974. It's streaming all over the place. It's on AMC Plus. It's on Peacock. It's on Pluto. It's on Tubi. It's on Roku Channel, etc., etc. And it's just you know it'll be off the list next year because I still can't believe that it has less than fifty thousand. But it's a forty-five right now. Hmm. Are you gonna say it? No, you can say it. I know you go. Go ahead. No, it, it, the, the whole point is you're you know you said what year? These. 1974. Like Christmas? Absolutely. 100%. Okay. Just rewatched it. Not the 2006 ago. one. And then not the newer, newer one. That's the correct. first Black Christmas. Yeah. The good one. The classic. The masterpiece. The. Okay. Yes. It's just weird you have to say Black Christmas 74. You know? It, it does like feel just, weird at this point two, that I have to say that. There's two sequels. When I was, okay, so this is so stupid and film nerdy, but this is the kind, you know, I don't know if people care about hearing about this shit, but it, like in my notes app, I have my October log, which at some point I was like, I'll probably, you know, screen cap this or maybe I'll do pictures. I don't know, whatever I'm going to post for the gram. Who cares? Um, but I have my list. And as I'm, as I'm writing stuff out for each day, I, I run into things like that where I'm like, Okay, so I watched, I watched this thing, but it was the uh, the director's cut of such a movie, and I'm like, okay, well, this was technically not a rewatch; it was a first time watch of this director's cut, so it's a separate, it's separate than my rewatches, blah mm. blah, and then things like that, where it's like it's Black Christmas, and I'm like, 
well, do I have to specify that it's 74 because there are multiple movies with that title now? Um, or should it just be known that like, of course, that's the one I'm talking about because that's the good one. And I'm also like, who's even going to see this list? You're arguing with yourself. There is no point to this, <laughs> but, uh, but that's the, that's the kind of stupid granular film bullshit that goes, goes on in my brain. And you know what I did? I, I put 74 beside it. That's what I did. That's what I did. Mm-hmm. Just to it be happens. clear, just to be clear. You know what yeah. I think is funny? And that and really holds up if you've never, I feel like we've talked about it to excess on this podcast, but if you've never seen Black Christmas, the original, it, it's just, it, your life? it's the best. Um, we, I feel like it's the, we never really got into it, but it might be the closest we ever had to like the, you know, you and the two cousins, like being like, is this guy allowed to like call himself the boss? Like, are we really having this conversation? Mm-hmm. But I, I have long uh, I've long suggested that maybe that that's the superior slasher to uh, to Halloween as much as I love Halloween. Um, but, you know, I've thrown yeah. it out there and nobody ever seems to want to have that conversation with me, just kind of like you're doing right now. But Well, it's whatever. because like, <laughs> well, uh, the it, it's because it still scares me. I guess that's the biggest thing. Yeah, and part of that is the repetition. And bottom line, I still just for sheer, pound for pound, I've seen Halloween more times, but Black Christmas still, I watch it at least once a year. It's still a fairly new movie in my rotation. It's only been in there for like, you know, maybe maybe we're coming up on a decade. I don't know, but uh, yeah, it's one I came to later in life. But I just I love it. I love it more and more every time I watch it. But yet it's still fucking creeps me out and there are some legitimate like jump scares that are effective and the whole vibe is just creepy and unsettling and there's no resolution and it's just so effective it's it's it is when i think of bone chilling like that's black christmas is like that's a bone chilling movie that's when i'm just like oh it makes me shudder and there's no relief to that feeling um but yeah yeah, I mean, I, and I can and see it was that. it was never it was never complicated by in, in the moment any sequels that went on to explain anything. That was my biggest issue with the remake was like trying to explain who the killer is and give this whole backstory. I was like, I, I that's so much of what's effective about the original is that you don't nothing is ever fully spelled out. You can kind of piece together your own narrative based on like the multiple voices and the things they keep going back to. But uh, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those where like, that's my, that's my, that's almost a tradition at this point. That's my annual black Christmas is the greatest slasher of all time. You need to go back and rewatch it if you haven't seen it already. Uh, so yeah. end end rant on that one. And maybe yes, you, the, got, you got it. Maybe the well. end rant is why no one wants to have the conversation with you. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. So we can move past it now because I had points and I forgot them. Let's go <laughs> to the next, to the next one. This is the second appearance from Sean Byrne. Uh, okay. Sean Byrne's directorial prowess shines through once again in this film. That's so horrifically mesmerizing. It's impossible to look away with a relentless stream of shocking and jaw dropping, jaw dropping scenes. 
This movie pushes the boundaries of your comfort zone and keeps you hooked from start to finish. Blank is a twisted and unforgettable ride that leaves you questioning your own sanity for continuing to watch. It's a testament to Burns' talent that he can craft a narrative so utterly disturbing, yet utterly compelling. It's a wild ride that is certainly worth taking. I want to commend Mayfield for saying literally nothing about the plot, uh, but being very effusive in his praise for this <laughs> 2009 uh, film from Sean Byrne. Do you know what it's called? No idea. This is The Loved Ones. Have we ever talked about The Loved Ones? Mm, no. Uh, I believe he's Australian or New Zealand, and I, I, I hesitate to even say that because I know that would be offensive if I confuse the two. Uh, I believe Australia. Tasmania. He's from Tasmania. Uh, okay. So The Loved Ones is basically... Uh, girl wants to go with boy to prom boy is in relationship with other girl so girl kidnaps boy and forces him to go to prom of her own making um and it's fucked up man but it is a a twisted upsetting very very good time if you've never <laughs> seen the loved ones it's on paramount plus right now and on uh pluto tv lots of fun twists and turns and uh, just a genuinely, it's kind of like sitting in the energy of the last like 15 minutes of Texas Chainsaw, but for an entire movie, just hmm. where you're just like, you feel crazed and like, this just, this is going on too long. I don't want to be here. I feel trapped. Uh, yeah. Very, hmm. very huge recommend on that one. Uh, number six, I'll go ahead and say, is a movie I still have yet to see, and I guess maybe I need to get to. Blank is a seriously spine-tingling film that'll leave you creeped out for days. Rose Leslie, who people may remember from Game of Thrones, and Harry Treadway, Treadway, no, Treadway, I got it right, put on a half hell of a show, making the horror hit way too close to home as it digs deep into the idea of getting lost in your own relationship. The story unfolds as a honeymoon turns into a nightmare. I, I kind of, I did the thing you're not supposed to do. I gave away the title. It's called Honeymoon. Hmm. Uh, from director Lee Janiak. Uh, but yeah. Weird relationship horror uh, on vacation. I hear really good things. Still have yet to watch it. Apparently it is only available right now streaming on the Roku channel. If you are hmm. a Roku user. Okay, hmm. this next one, 2009, big, big fave of mine, definitely not going to be on the list next year. Uh, it may have even already crossed over. It was right on the verge with four, 49,998 <laughs> reviews, uh, but we had to keep it on the list uh, because we love it. Okay, blank injects a much-needed dose of vitality into the vampire subgenre, which has often suffered from uninspired treatments. Blank, who may be my favorite working director, again, this is Mayfield speaking, not that I don't agree with him, uh, takes the reins of this narrative and transforms it into a breathtaking masterpiece. The film not only reimagines the vampire mythos, but also delves deep into the complexities of desire, morality, and human nature. Blank's vision is nothing short of spellbinding, making every frame a work of art that lingers in your memory. With his unparalleled ability to craft visually stunning scenes, he elevates Blank to a level of excellence in a way that only he could. 
2009 vampire film that is visually stunning from a arguably master director. 2009 vampire movie? Yes. Only one I can think of is Fright Night from 2009, around that time. Is that I can't 2009? think of it. I don't know. Okay. Uh, the film is Thirst. So this is a big, you got this one wrong. Oh, yeah. But, uh, well, we didn't say anything about Koreans, Noah. What I had to specify that it's a foreign film? Was that yeah, a rule? Yeah. Otherwise, well, I'm not going to know it. Okay. Well, I'm just kidding. I, yeah. Okay. Thirst. Uh, did just incredible movie if you've never seen it, man. I know I, I haven't. I just I didn't I, I didn't it's know great. I didn't uh, know we were, we were allowing it on the list this time. This one I think is still available on Mubi. They had most of the Park movies. Park Chan Wook, of course, is the director. Uh, Song Kang Ho uh, is the lead in this one. But yeah, it's about a, a Catholic priest who, uh, in an effort to uh, cure a disease, basically contracts uh, the blood disease of vampirism, and then you know doesn't really want to have to feed on people but has to deal with the you know the complexities of of needing to do that to survive but it's it's fun and twisted and it's it's gory and you know it's it's totally its own vibe it's it's hmm. a very unique take on the genre uh much needed when it dropped and uh yeah huge recommend if you've never seen thirst um number four on the list. The horror comedy subgenre is a treasure trove of exceptional films, and among these gems, Blank stands as a shining example of brilliance. Serving as Jeremy Saulnier's directorial debut, it is a tour de force of humor and horror, masterfully blending those elements and offering a unique and unforgettable viewing experience, delivering a climax that is horrifyingly thrilling. It's a testament to Saulnier's creative vision that his ability and his ability to surprise and captivate his audience. It's from 2007, streaming on Pluto and Tubi right now. Do you remember this film? I've definitely told you to watch it. Don't know if you ever got to it. Is our boy in it? Who's our boy? We got a lot of boys. The boy from the Texas boy, Wiggs. Texas boy. What? Shea Wiggum in this movie? No, Wiggum's not in this movie. I have no idea what this movie is. Movie is Murder Party. Oh, okay. Did you ever watch thinking, Murder Party? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just a great time. This mm -hmm. is super, super fun. I don't know why I was thinking about the gas station and like. I thought you might have thing. been. I thought you might. Oh, that's Splinter. Yeah, I thought yeah, you might have yeah. been referring to our boy Macon Blair. Him, uh, yeah, who we're a huge fan of, who was just in Oppenheimer and is directing the reboot of. Uh, Toxic Avenger, which drops oh my God. Uh, in a little bit. Did you see the trailer for that? No, I need to go look for it. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, very excited. Very excited for that. It's going to be a good time. Okay. All right. So this is number three. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Placing blank this high on the list feels, for lack of a better word, icky. Performances are pitch perfect. Themes are respectively 
excuse me, themes around respectability politics in times of crisis resonate deeply. It is disturbing, infuriating, and pulls zero punches. I say this without an ounce of hyperbole. This is one of the most disturbing watches of the last 20 years. Approach this movie with an abundance of caution, because as someone who watched it over a year ago, it still haunts me. It's streaming on AMC Plus. It's from 2022. Definitely talked at length about it last year. Uh, Not I'm ringing a bell for old no idea. Napster, though. Speak no evil. Oh, okay. You're not allowed to talk about it. That's why you, you know, it's okay. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? I'm just following the rules. Uh, I mean, yeah, again. I don't again, know what you're going to do. Uh, uh, a movie that we recommend with a giant asterisk next to it always because it's just it's just really upsetting uh it's incredibly well made and really well done but it's a it's a one and doneer uh i'll never watch it again personally have no desire to uh but very powerful film uh maybe not what everybody goes for uh in october uh so again he he gave fair warning for putting it that high on the list we'll we'll forgive him uh, this next one is also from 2022. Chloe Okuno presents us with a, a coldly gorgeous film that perfectly modernizes the Hitchcockian thriller. Blank is a bleak and purposefully unkind look into navigating anxiety in a patriarchal world. A world that constantly invalidates the experiences of women, taking the protagonist masterfully played by Micah Monroe and the audience through the feelings of doubt and unease with a finale that had me out of my seat. In 2022, the film is... Significant Other. No. I'm just kidding, it's a watcher. Okay. <laughs> you got that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we were big fans of this one. Uh, huge recommend. Just very, like, you know, this is a great example. But I mean, have taking... you, did you see Significant Other? Yes or no? No, and I can get to it. Is, that's this year, though, isn't it? Or was that it's, last year? It was last year. That's why I was making the joke. That that's like, right. That's right. That's right. She had two last year. And that was her and Jake Lacey. Yeah, I never got yeah, to yeah. that one. Uh, is that a recommend from you? Or... Oh, you de yeah, definitely. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, but yes, Watcher, I think a great example of... Sometimes you can take like a rather cliched story cliched setup if you will and if you just execute on it really really well with really strong filmmaking and performances that i'm totally here for it like mm -hmm. you know i think sometimes i don't know people get lost in the sauce of trying to like oh we've got to like we got to do this thing or whatever and they end up being kind of samey where it's like you can stick pretty close to like the genre tropes and just not even not even worry about tweaking them sometimes it's satisfying just seeing them play out in satisfying ways you know i don't always mm -hmm. need something to be a you know a subversion of a subversion but that was a great heady psychological thriller that does not you know pull back when it when it wants to be like a truly like shock and awe horror movie uh, i really liked watcher the number one is the number one that has been on the list for since this article started basically uh, and it will finally be off the list because I think it will finally cross over on the uh, the review scale. Okay. What's truly more remarkable is how Blank manages to feel both familiar and incredibly unique at the same time. 
While paying homage to the classics of 70s horror, it carves its own distinct path, offering viewers an experience that is both nostalgic and fresh. It's a rare achievement in the horror genre. Blank is more than just a movie. It's an immersion into a bygone era of horror. In a world where many horror films rely on cheap thrills and excessive gore, this one stands out as a must-watch for anyone who appreciates the art of suspense, atmosphere, and masterful storytelling. The film is from 2009, and it is currently streaming on Peacock, Pluto TV, and Tubi. Gavin Blanchard named that film. The Prowler. 2009. I'm just, I'm just, I have no idea what he's talking about. I, if there's no plot context, don't ask me to know what's what. Just you're naming your feelings about it means nothing to me. So I, and I get he's putting the name in it, but like if I don't have some kind of like plot context, then like I'm not going to know what it is just by his like, oh, I, it, it does this, it does, that's great that it does it, but it's I have a, no idea a, what he's talking it's, about. It's a slow burn 70s throwback. It's from one of our faves, Mr. Ty West, the film. Is House of the Devil. Oh, yeah. Okay. I thought you might that get was... it just because, again, my my big clue was it's been the number one on this list since he started writing it. So I thought maybe you'd remember that that, that one's well, I just figured more one. people had probably seen it by now since we talk about it so Same much, but... thought. And again, my argument, again, I don't write this article. This is Mayfield's article. But I'm like, if Black Christmas qualifies for the list, then Black Christmas is always the default number one. That right. if you haven't seen it, that's the number one that you should have seen. Yeah. But but again, the real challenge case. as a as a writer and as a creator would be to find 20 other movies you haven't already put on the same list to make people watch. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. okay. Like a different list every year. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, are we just throwing a little bit of shade? Just a, just a little bit? Well, I can't see you at all, so that's a whole <laughs> lot of shade if you're asking me. Who's directing the shade at Mayfield? That's I know. That's I know. I'm just saying, like, it's one of those things. It's like I, I may have put like one or two of like when I did the ten. Like, I'm going to release another ten when the twentieth hits of like the next ten days instead of doing like one every day, which is daunting. I'm just doing like a big drop, and there may be one or two in there that like I might have had last year. But for the most part, I try to find new things I haven't seen. Or things that I know I didn't put on my list last year, just to like put out there, like you know, there is just not necessarily playing tribute to the genre, but like just the idea, like there is always there's even if you yeah, think you've I seen you. everything, he's he's definitely there's going more for... stuff that you haven't seen. Even like there's been some really like really I'm like this is gonna be shit, like low budget stuff that's like you can tell these people are like a bunch of friends that just got together and they got it on streaming because streaming needed to buy something that is really good, you know? And like, you wouldn't see that now that would never, one, it would either never get made or two, it would be like super low budget and like regional, like somebody would have it like around wherever it was like shot and you might see it, you know, somewhere down the line. But like now with the advent of streaming, you have things that like, People are getting just to have the content just to get it. So there's probably things that you're going to see that like you didn't think you ever would see and like stuff you can tap into on literally any streaming network. There's thousands of them out there now. So like every time we talk about anything as far as like October and like things that, you know, scary movies, stuff like that, 
I've always tried to get into the mindset of a new angle to like look at the whole month and to look at horror. Not so much like a I don't want to constantly have the well, what's going on in the horror genre now talk because it's kind of indicative of Hollywood at large. Like everything's a remake, you know. Mm-hmm. But like this year, well, a couple of years ago, I remember I like I did nothing but I I immersed myself in Lovecraft and I tried to figure out like is everybody like at their core making just another Lovecraft story in a different medium or is, did he just have a really big effect on a specific group of guys and they're taking it upon themselves to be like, yeah, you think this is scary, but like check out this guy because like he was talking about this at the turn of the century. You know what I mean? Right. So like, I just, I've always tried to come at it from a different angle, but like now more than ever, just because we had, we are on the tail end of like, the Halloween trilogy having ended and, you know, things becoming more and more accessible, different IPs going back into like certain hands. And then just it being like, I don't know. I, I saw, I've seen a couple of things this year that I'm like, these are great, you know? And I've seen things that I'm like, man, funny concept, not my thing. Wouldn't, wouldn't recommend. And I've seen some stuff that I'm just like, you know, okay. If this is what you're telling me, if this is where we're at with this specific IP because of, you know, where we're at, I'm either on board or, okay, it's, it's already, it's already jumped the shark twice and it needs to just be done, you know? So, Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, I appreciate Mayfield writing the article, but it's again, you know, if you have the same movie on, on the same list for multiple years, it's like maybe retire it after like a year or two. Part of the whole point I think he's trying to make is like still like these haven't crossed that threshold and it's like you would think people have seen these but clearly they haven't at this point. I don't know. Well yeah I mean they they probably have but you're just going off reviews right? IMDB reviews specifically but yeah. Yeah okay so somebody has to actually go make an account on IMDB and write a review about it like I've seen I've seen half of those I haven't read reviews for them but so my vote doesn't count, but I could, I could be the deciding vote for that last one, you know, right there on the teetering edge of 49, 99, 99, and <laughs> 50, you know? So, but I just, I just didn't go write a review about any of them. So I, I mean, I get the metric, but it's like, I'm sure. And, you know, I'm sure if you actually talk to more people about it, they would probably know what it is. And there's probably way more people who've seen it. It's probably crossed that threshold forever ago, but it's just not updated because technically people didn't go and write a review about it. So, you know, and well, I'm, I'm sure you could look around the next year and you'll find a bunch of stuff that people haven't seen that like they should, like a bear barbarian was on that list. Granted, I don't know how big and successful barbarian was, but definitely, kinda, over, the, definitely over the 50 again. Yeah. Like, definitely. Over everybody's 50, so. already seen that movie. Yeah. It's but not- I feel like nobody talks about it. Like I don't hear, I haven't heard anybody like, talking about it and, and that's not to say that like every that's year, only been a year like a re- right it's only been a year <laughs> but after it came out i you know i heard about it as it came out and then after that but it's just like oh, it was a thing man it had a moment last year it definitely yeah. did i think so and i think it, as soon as uh i believe weapons his follow-up which i think comes out next year when that hits, we'll be talking about Barbarian again and how great it was. And everybody who missed out on the surprise the first time is will go back and they'll have a great yeah. time. Hopefully. 
Okay. What, do you think you can see me better if you lean in closer? No, it's telling me there's seven minutes left on this go-round. Yeah. So do you want to transition into what you've been watching? You said you've seen some some stuff you're, you were eh, about. You've seen anything yeah. in theaters? Uh, just no. do you want to go home watches? What do you want to talk about, bud? I, I don't watch horror in the theater anymore. Okay. Why? Um, Bad experience? No, I, I Bad can't. Crowd. I, no, it's just, it, I. it's got to be in the comfort of my own home. Otherwise, it's, I don't know. I haven't, I just haven't watched something scary in a theater in a minute. I don't, it's not for lack of trying. It's just, I haven't. I mean, I, I, everything horror related lately, I've watched like as it's come to BOD or just available streaming. You know? Okay. And it may be because it is like there isn't a like well, you were hyped me. up crowd. So you were talking about your, you know, you you usually kind of have a theme for your year or something you want to tackle. I will say one of the things, and I'm kind of reminding myself here in the moment, I wanted to try and watch some classic like Japanese horror, which has always been on my list. Your Onibabas, uh-huh. your Kwaidons, um, etc. Uh I still have yet to get to any of those. A lot of them are kind of lengthy. That's part of it. Uh, but yeah. uh, that was my goal for this October. Haven't really executed on it. But yeah, did you have a did you have a theme for this year that you were working towards, or something in the back of your head? Or you just been freestyling it? You just been going with the the spooky spooky vibes? I mean, I I my goal is always like something you haven't seen. Or something that you haven't seen in X amount of years, but still uh-huh. looking at it on the lens of because so like I watched like the Children of the Corn remake, and I was like, okay, this is garbage, right? But it it looks <laughs> neat, and it's like there's actually like a, a corn maze monster thing, like a they were finally know, able to execute on the yeah the man the behind man. the rose. Yeah. Right. You know, and again, I have no idea what the source material is as to like if there's if he's ever described in any way, shape, or form. And obviously I have the original with Linda Hamilton in my head. And I don't know, like I see like so a couple of years ago I did all the Hellraisers. Like I thought about it, I was like, is this gonna be it? Am I gonna go down the children of the corn maze? Yeah, oh uh-huh. god, is that is that yeah? There, there's like six or seven movies and a couple of remake uh, reboot attempts. Yeah, and I was they, like, they're all up now, like in different places. They, yeah. they can find them all streaming. But I was like, no, I, I can't. I'm not that scared of it. You know, <laughs> it's like, it's not okay. These children like, all right, cool. Just don't go to that town or like, you know, I don't know. It just the, 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 I will say the only thing that like I can say about the remake is like, whoever the little girl is that they have like playing the main antagonist, like she pissed me off the entire movie, but like in a good way, in a way of like, ah, oh, that little bitch, she's probably going to want to be a really great actress in a couple of years. Like she's going to like, she knows, she knows she's in a movie. That's not great. Like she's playing it as like, I know I'm pissing the audience off right now. I know this is what I'm here to do. I know this isn't Shakespeare, but like, just I'm doing this just to get seen and give me a couple, a little bit, and I'll be in something that people are gonna be like, "Who is this chick?" And you're gonna be like, "Oh, she was in that god awful Children of the Corn remake," you know. So it had that going for it. But then I turn around and I watch something like, you know, Evil Dead Rise, and I'm like, 
this is great. Why can't we do more of this shit? Like, why can't we have more established genre things that like do their own thing, like established IP that just do their own like thing out of the blue. And we, we like it. Like I'd love that remake that you, me and Baron went to go see. I thought it was a great, you know, and after watching the most latest iteration of that franchise, I was on board from, from jump street. I thought it was great. Probably one of my more favorite, like interactions with traditional IP since like Halloween, you know, I personally, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was that like fresh of a take other than kind of fucking with the setting. And I guess making it a family dynamic sort of thing, but I felt like it in a good way. I was like, this knows it's an evil dead movie and it knows the beats it needs to hit. Yeah, yeah. For me, for me, it felt like just kind of an act of escalation of the Fede Alvarez remake, right. where it was like, we know we want to have this big final set piece. We're going to try and you know escalate and elevate over what was done in that one, and to to that extent, it did. I had a great time with it. I thought it was a blast. But I, I yeah, I I thought it was good. But if anything, I thought like it's a little derivative of the last one that we got almost to the point where it's like, okay, well if they rushed a sequel right now, I would be like, don't do it. Like I, I you know, one of these every couple years in the evil dead franchise where it's just mm-hmm. like, it's just another book. And I did like the, I did like the concept of this one of it being, you know, slightly different. It's not just straight up the deadites. Like there was different forms of the monster and everything, particularly mm-hmm. the, the mom like formed with the kids at the end yeah was an incredible design we have less than a minute but yes i huge recommend on evil dead rise i agree um i had to take it down a peg or two i'm just like it was it was good but it was not it was not the remake which is again one of the best horror remakes ever period yeah uh but yeah we'll cap it on evil dead we'll come back for some more recent watches and we will wrap this thing out in just a bit Sounds perfect. Okay. So this will be the this will be part three, the final, the final leg. I and I'm so spooked out. I've been spooked Scottish. I'm just gonna <laughs> talk like this for the rest of the time. I'm sure that'll be terrifying for everyone involved. Uh okay, pulling up my watch log for this October. Shall we begin? Go ahead, Boyle. Tell us what you've been watching. On uh, on October 1st, kicked it off with uh, a movie we've covered on a 2 by 2 One of my all-time faves. Maybe my favorite movie ever made. Great way to start the season. Mulholland Drive. Hmm. That's it. That's all I got. I mean, that's all I get from you. I don't, I get it. I just don't, I don't class like there's like horror movies. Then there's like David Lynch. And then there's like every other movie ever made. You know what I mean? Well, yes, but arguably, I mean, his movies scare me more than pretty much any horror movie I can think of, even though yes, I wouldn't call any of his movies horror movies. 
Yeah, it's like he doesn't try to be scary, and he is scary. So, like, if he actually tried to be scary, could anybody really watch it? You know what I mean? Oh, I definitely think he he likes to be spooky. That's the thing. He it's likes to be spooky, spooky. It, spooky, but not scary. Like, he isn't going to, like, he's not trying to, like, oh, my God, look at this. This is creepy. This is terrifying. He's just like, wouldn't it be weird? And wouldn't it be terrifying if, you know, maybe the little man in red, like, his speech was messed up, you know? Like stuff like that. That's terror. It's 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 the shining. It's what are those people doing in the furry suits? It's like it's like it gets under your skin in ways that like it's probably not supposed to. Like, and on the surface, it could look just like utterly ridiculous if you're just an average, like, what is this? You know, why is this guy just freaking out about well, he says he's had a problem with this this thing that's behind this restaurant. Well, why the hell is he even gonna walk out there and look like just don't do like you and again the fact that that's the scene that like sticks with you and it's like that hardly has anything to do with, with the rest exactly. of that movie that's right <laughs> that's so that's amazing about it too it, it, that's the, that's what i'm saying it's a throwaway scene essentially it's not but also not at all right exactly that, it, it's intentionally it's so, a throwaway, it's so but not really it's so you know? important yes uh but yeah a masterpiece as far as i'm concerned one of my favorites of all time but to that point, that's why I opened with it, because it's a nice like transition into the spooky season. Yeah. We're not just straight up like, oh, I'm going with the slasher out of the gate or oh, I'm doing this, you know. Uh, and then later that evening, I watched a first timer for me, an unseen Argento. I watched Tenebra. Oh, that was good. Uh, which I enjoyed. Uh, not not my favorite, but I mean, even even you know second tier uh argento still pretty fucking entertaining uh so yeah and that one's on amazon prime right now mm-hmm. if you want to check it out uh or did you do yours by day or are you just keeping around no i'm just I'm, i've got a, like an amalgamated list i uh i kept a list and then like i'd have to go back with some of them because some of them just kind of like it popped up like this isn't really like first day like you, yeah what'd you at least at least tell me what you kicked off with what oh, was me. the first thing that's like i had to go young break officially starting okay okay see again perfect example horror comedy you know mm-hmm. you're not not fully diving in you just you a little toe a little toe well, dip. you have to understand the premise is that like bex can't watch scary movies like she just she can't it's get not into her it. thing no it's just i it's like it's a certain thing. And I've like, I've, I've, I kind of coaxed her. I was like, you know, well, I was like, like the fog isn't really like scary, scary, you know? Right. And I, she was like, I don't see how you do it. And I was like, we, there's rent and a mortgage and bills to pay. So like, that's how I can do it. Like it's an escape. Cause it's like, how am I supposed to be scared? Like I, I use this as an escape. How am I supposed to let, like, you know, what scares me is homelessness. You know, ending up like the guys I see on the street, you know, which is like why, like in Nightmare Alley, the idea that he just kind of reverts back to the one thing he's been like making fun of and like, you know, oh, that's that's definitely one I need to rewatch. You know, that's that's in theaters. Yeah, dude, it's like that is like ending up the creepy thing behind the restaurant is my fear. 
because I know what it takes to get there because of the line of work I'm in. Plus just in general, I know like how far you have to fall to get there. And so on some level, you can't be emotionally or like physically freaked out and scared by things when like there are existential forces that like are even in more peril. Like no one's talking about it. I'm scared that like all this debt that like Iran and these other countries are going to start paying back. They're going to start using the Chinese yuan and it's going to extremely deflate the value of the American dollar. And we think things are like bad now. It's only going to get 10 times worse. I'm afraid of that kind of stuff. So to me, Michael Myers, he's all of that and then just pure evil. So it's like I can Uh appreciate it and sit back and just be entertained and not be like, I don't have to think about like, all right, well, you know, after this, if I get X amount of sleep, then I can get up at this time. So I can only, then I can have this amount of time. Like it's just, it's, it's just a relief and an escape from like, what is pure, pretty much to me already a pretty scary world to begin with. when you become an adult so like but she just looks at it as like it's it's creepy it's scary and i'm like well then how did you watch like you know midnight mass and all she's well those were great and i'm like yeah they were (laughs) but like they're still scary but like like you killed that in like a couple days without and i didn't have to be here for that you know and it's like we like i was like oh shit house of usher like uh we started it and i was like oh is it mike flan of course it's mike flanagan like, can we just talk about how like that guy is like killing it as far as like television horror for the past what four or five years? Yeah. Not to mention that when he takes a break to do a movie, he's killing that too. Like, probably the most exciting name in horror right now to me is, is Mike Flanagan. Like, I can't think Consist- of anybody else. Consistently, yeah. Yeah, I, just I, I, it, he's like he's like our dude. Like, he has our brain. I feel like when it comes to, you know what he puts up there. And I guess if I'm going to go just retroactively back, it's getting into this. I, you can, I I'll say we kicked it off with like Halloween 18, but like now getting into these areas where like people who are fans, like you and I are of stuff or like they grew up on the same stuff you and I did. What are they bringing to the table? That is like an extension of that or like it builds upon that maybe with certain IP or is completely original in something like barbarian that to me is like, there are so many nods to other things, but it is its own complete unique original thing that like you, you can't do anything, but just laud it and celebrate it for being what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then like, like last night or like two nights ago, I watched um, bones and all. I don't know if you've seen that yet. I haven't gotten to it yet. It, I was it, actually it, I was gonna ask you it that's that oh my god, could I fit that in for for horror? I would totally count it because it's one of those it's in the same vein of like um to me it is of like a a let the right one in or let let me in and like the horror is just there and it's like this is just what happens and it's like the horror of it is like being this person, this character that has to do this thing and what it must be like for them. It's like, you don't think about like what they're doing to other people and like the horror of being this quote unquote creature or thing or whatever. It's the, well, isn't this so, isn't the horror like the fact that you can't interact as a normal person and you only have this specific people that you can like 
talk about this thing with and whatnot isn't that in and of it's like kind of like how people always talk about like oh Anne rice's vampires are like the saddest vampires because they're they're so old and they're alone and they lament and all this kind of shit it's kind of like that but it's it treats all of the like horror and like gore of it as like an afterthought of like yeah this is just how the how it is that's not important what's important is look what this girl's going through you know, like pay attention to that. So I don't necessarily call it a subversion, but like when it was labeled up there as horror, I was like, all right, where's because I've seen the trailer and I wanted to see it, but I didn't catch it. So when it was like, oh, shit, I can watch it right now. Hell yeah. And I just do that on uh, last night after I, I got done with uh, dinner with mom and dad. And I was like, OK, like I get it. This is like it's. It's equal parts like could have been maybe something Stephen King had written. But also something that like I could see is totally unique and original and like coming out of nowhere. So I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, and I would recommend it to anybody who's got the time. It does get a little lengthy, about two hours. So if you're looking for like your kind of traditional, like we're in and out in 90 minutes, like slash or whatever, like you might want to put some time aside for it. But other than that, I, I thought it was really good. And I mean, I'm just I can't wait to see what Timothy Chalamet does with Wonka. I just I think it's gonna be a hit. End of the year, baby. It's all I, good. I hope that movie tanks. <laughs> Me too. I hope it takes a big old wet fart at the box office. A cold fart, if you will. Yeah. Um <laughs> yeah, no, uh, so that Timothy Chalamet thinks he's hot shit. He ain't nothing but a cold fart. <laughs> Totally kidding. I, I love I love Chalamet. I don't know why he's making that movie though. Genuinely confused why he's making Wonka. Why we're you, doing this at all. But uh Yeah, I think you just you you do a couple for you, you gotta do one for them. Well, uh, I think we've also firmly established in the last month that like Wes Anderson is the only person who should be allowed to make Roald Dahl adaptations now and forevermore. Period. Dot end of statement. Yeah, I saw that thing about that. I saw something about that earlier, and I, I was like, oh, it's it's that guy. Okay, cool. But you love Cumberbatch, dude. You should at least watch Henry Sugar. You should give it a shot. Okay. At least watch the first one. Okay, I might. It's 40 minutes. The other ones are shorter, but but you, you would like it. It's good. It's good. You'll get over it. Okay. You're allowed to like these. They're on Netflix, for God's sakes. The most mass appeal of all the streamers. I'm I'm waiting for the the killer. Okay, wait, so and then the other one. We gotta focus. We'll save that all it, that shit yeah. for November. Yeah. Um, except I do. Except a true American horror story. Guess what I'm seeing tomorrow? Killers of the Flower Moon, baby. Oh yeah, that is tomorrow night. And then if you can't make it to the theater. Even though, I mean, come on, if you're if you're gonna see it, see it on the big screen. But it will be on Apple TV on Friday. So, wait, what? Yeah, for free? It's an Apple production. Yeah, shit, I didn't know that. I'm pretty sure it's day and date, man. I mean, let me confirm that for you. Yeah, don't lie to these people. But I seriously thought I was gonna have to like. I mean, I want to go see it in theaters, but like killers. If you're oh, telling me I can pop that in Friday night, like, of course I'm going to do it. Day and date. 
I mean, I hope it's true. I hope you're not just, you know, telling me lies, sweet little lies. Um, so another, while you're looking up that, another horror comedy that I liked, but apparently nobody liked, was The Haunted Mansion on, on Disney+. Plus. I thought it was cute. I thought it was adorable. I love Lakeith Stanfield. Um, I I gotta be honest. Pretty much, I was dozing off in the first fifteen minutes, and yeah. uh, I did not finish it. Okay, but I'm glad it was cute. It, it was, was a fun a, time. Okay, so okay, if okay, from if what I'm, a, I'm, I'm, excuse me, uns, I'm not seeing it confirmed here. But now what I'm seeing is it's being they're doing the theatrical run, and it says it will be an unspecified time. On Apple TV Plus, but yes, it that's where it will live ultimately, and okay. it will be free when it pops there. But okay. I assume they'll probably do the. I think the new window is forty five days, minimally. Probably, yeah, and then Scorsese, being Mister Cinema, may have fought for a longer extended theatrical window, so maybe they don't drop it on streaming, streaming until more like December, uh, like pre Oscar ballots going out, kind of thing, like another boost. Or maybe yeah, the first sense. of the year. I don't know. But uh but yeah, I'm going tomorrow night, seven o'clock, three and a half hours. <sighs> Can't wait. Can't wait. It's been my most anticipated for hmm. quite a while. Uh anyways. So yeah, flower moon tomorrow. But yeah, we'll be able to see it very soon at home. I just I maybe not on Friday. So I take yeah. that back. Sorry if I got everybody excited. Go see it in the theater. Yeah, as, yeah, definitely uh, see in the theater. I, I probably will as before all, it comes to streaming. As all Uncle Marty intended. Uh, yeah. I guess Grandpa Marty at this point. I don't know. What do we call him? I don't know. Uncle Marty's our, fine with me. He could be our uncle. Uncle Marty. Uh, yeah. yeah, okay. Here we go. Uh, on the second, I did a little horror comedy of my own. A little Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Always a treasure. On HBO Max. Uh, you know, nice little taste of Rubens. That's mainly what I was going back for, you know, past, mm -hmm. past you know, just shy of like a month or two ago. Uh, I go, I go for Donald Sutherland and Rucker Hauer. I just do, but can't Rubens do has the great dude. Oh, yeah, no, he has the best, line in the whole he has the best, yeah, best line yeah. in the whole movie. Mm -hmm. I know him a lot. <laughs> it's so good, dude. It's so good. <laughs> Kill him a lot. Uh, yeah, but that was that hey, was. Hey, we know fun. you. We hate you. <laughs> <laughs> that one was super fun to go back to. I mean, it's not you know, it's not Shakespeare or anything, but it's a fun time. It's it is quintessentially nineties. Like I remember that movie. That movie scared me a, as a kid, as a kid old, a little bit. The big old nine and a zero. It yeah. scared you as a kid, you said. Yeah, dude. Like being, I remember like when it came out, like when it was came in like video and stuff. I just remember like. The scene where Arquette, you know, gets, you know, Paul Rubens gets David Arquette. I just remember, like, the fact that, like, all that was going on and you really couldn't, like, the other, like, um, uh, what is his name? Luke Perry? Luke Perry, yeah. Rest in peace, Luke Perry. Um, like, he didn't, he was so drunk that he, did, and again, when I'm a kid, I don't know that he's drunk and doesn't understand, that, like, his friend is getting 
you know, right. turn into a vampire. Yeah. And I was like terrified, like, your buddy, your buddy, we'll look around, look at him. No, he's gone. Oh, he's gone. Ah. Oh. You know, but I just remember being like the littlest things in that movie creeped me out. And then of course they're in a graveyard and it's got it's got, it, it's got it's a got great everything. vibe to it. It's just yeah. got a great Halloween time vibe. They have the dance, like it's and then yeah. you turn all that into like what nine, ten seasons of like a hit show on WB, like can we can we think of another IP that has had that success and like people have been trying to copy? Because I feel com- like it's well, again, one of the first that's... ones where there's a movie, then there's a show and people are like, oh shit, here we go. Well, I think it's an example of like maybe we should do that more often, which is like maybe if everything has to be IP driven, can can we stop like fucking with the things that people already like and just like chasing nostalgia and like take things we've said it a billion times. That maybe weren't like solid gold out of the gate. Maybe we don't just like fuck with masterpieces. Maybe we take things that like this was okay, or like this was a cool kernel of an idea, but like we could do something fresh with this. Like mm-hmm. that's basically what that was. It's like we didn't have the screenplay. Like movie comes out, doesn't really do that well. It's like oh, that's kind of all she wrote, and then they resurrect it as a TV show. Like what? six or seven years like when does that start does that start like 98 99 yeah i'm to- the tail end it has because it's that's after like, i know what you did last summer so right, yeah, it's that's, at least that's, five six years okay. removed yeah and i but again admittedly not a buffy person but no uh yeah okay so same day my double feature that day both rewatches i did the empty man which is available on hulu right now uh, no uh not a rewatch for you you mean T- nope still not uh-uh Certain things, like not doing the nightmare again. I'm not doing the empty man again. I'm not just. There's certain images that. Um, what's the What's the thing in that one that gets you? I'm not going to talk about it because I'm house <laughs> house sitting and I'm alone all this week. I have been not, and I'm not. You know, I have been watching some scary stuff and then going to bed, and I've, I've got a dog with me. I've also got. 12 gauge automatic shotgun and three pistols but um there's just certain images and just in the opening of that thing just in the snow coming at that is the that's the thing and when i went back to it i was like i i was like i feel like the movie tops this at some point and bottom line from a pure scare factor i was like it never does but that shit is so haunting it lingers over yes. the fucking movie and that whole movie is just such a vibe and we talked about it a bit when it came out it kind of got buried who, during covid who's the lead in that who's the guy in that james badgedale that's it that's what I, and that's what i remember being like i like this dude i like james badgedale because he's been you know 1923 and a bunch of other good stuff another one i'll not not horror, but starring him that I don't know if I ever told you to watch, which I'll just throw out there is uh, the standoff at Sparrow Creek. If you know, I've heard it. of it, but I haven't seen it. Very, very good movie. Yeah. Uh, from a couple of years ago. Yeah, but yes, he is the lead, and the director is is it David Pryor? Hold on. It is indeed David Pryor. And uh, he's, if I'm not mistaken, he's one of Fincher's boys. Like he kind of apprenticed under Fincher and you definitely get those vibes in Empty Man. But again, what we like about that movie is it's kind of shifting through subgenres the whole time. You're kind of constantly trying to get your, get your hands around what exactly it's going to be. 
And I will say on a rewatch, knowing where it's going, uh, does take away from it just a smidge, but that, that first, first time through with the empty man cannot be denied Uh huge recommend. And again, it's on Hulu and FX now currently. Uh, yeah. Anything that's top of mind? I got I got a big first uh, timer for me, but you go right ahead. Eve uh nineteen eighty-eight, uh Evil Dead Trap. Uh okay. It's on not, streaming. Not familiar. It's uh it's so um it's Japanese and basically this talk show hostess and her film crew, they like go to investigate uh where uh, a graphic snuff film uh, has been has been supposedly been shot. And okay. it just it goes batshit crazy from there. Um, and there's another scene. There's another one I was looking at, and it was like, um, yeah, a late night TV presenter receives a snuff tape in which a woman is brutally killed. She decides to take a crew to location, indicated tape, but only, uh, but only death and despair await them. So yeah, uh, and apparently there's a couple sequels. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, even Dead Trap Two. There was another one. I was watching in it was part of an anthology thing or like a countdown thing. And I want to look at just, I want to see it just because like, apparently it like, it was basically like probably some of the inspirations for like Saul and hostile, but it was, even it was straight to VHS. It was like, it, it, they're like, they won't make them ever again because it, it, it solely survived because of the fact that it was on that medium, but it's essentially Japanese. And it's like, a girl gets brought in, she's strapped down to a table and like, it's almost like it's, they were trying to recreate like an actual snuff film, but at like, they were increasing like things of like different, like torture methods, all this other stuff. But then like they spawned like two or three sequels to it. And people, a lot of times had real problems, like not believing that it was a fake film, that it was something that was just all like, Hey, look at these special effects. Look how crazy we can get with it. Look how you know, terrifying we can be tormenting and whatnot right but i can't remember the names of them i just remember seeing it in an anthology thing i was watching and i don't even remember what that was um and being like wow that's interesting that like yeah you're right that would that can never happen today one you can never make that two the idea that people it i think it was something maybe it might have been something joe bob briggs was talking about before a movie i was watching that he was presenting where he was like oh yeah, this kind of started the whole faces of death thing and like other stuff where people like thought they were looking at like, you know, live death and torture and stuff like that. But um, yeah, Evil Dead Trap I found after watching Maniac Cop 2 with him. Um, and because he talks to Bill Lustig, which is pretty neat. Um, and I don't know if there's any other ones up there, but like it just, it was... I've never really, I never really gotten to like the old school Japanese horror. And then like all of a sudden there's this new crop, like right that like we're getting the Americanized version of it. So we go back and find the original Japanese. But for an late 80s, early 90s, just like slice of like what was Japanese cinema about? Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, holy like, shit, dude, that's like, that's. Yeah, that's kind of like the missing era, I would say, because I know yeah. like Haosu from like, I think 77 right is the only one that i've seen that uh, of any kind of note that like shows up on a lot of lists 
but yeah, the kind of eighties period there, I know nothing about. And then of course you have kind of the revival of, of J horror when we start remaking everything over here. Right. Um, and then I feel like on that note, that, that kind of has died down at least as far as the imports go, but I'm like, but that's, there's, I, I just feel like there's less and less that we hear coming out of Japan on the horror front in the last couple, several years. The well, Wailing the is one that I still over. have never uh, gotten to that I need to. Uh, okay. Speaking of uh, Japanese, uh, I watched Perfect Blue, the oh, anime, okay. for the first time ever. I'd never seen it. The Satoshi Kon movie, um, which was heavily influential on uh, Black Swan and a lot of other Darren Aronofsky movies. But uh, yeah, I was completely knocked out by it. I... I I knew some of the imagery from this, but I didn't know like the actual story. And the last like 20 minutes, the kind of like full on descent into madness, reality breaking, what is actually happening right now is some of the most effective I've ever seen. And it's one of those things where you're like, this can almost kind of only be done through animation the way he's doing it. It's like a great marriage mm -hmm. of medium and content. And I just, I, or form and content rather. And yeah i that was one of those i was just like i cannot believe i'd never seen that before it's always been on my list hmm. uh glad i got to it this year uh followed that up the next day because i was prepping for uh one that's going to come up in a minute i watched uh exorcist to the heretic and the reason i did is because i was not going to go into the believer having seen the original freshly i was like i'm going to do this movie all the favors in the world and i'm going to watch mm -hmm one of the absolute worst films ever made uh, from Mr. John Borman, an absolutely terrible film, which is available on HBO Max if you must, but uh, I don't recommend it. Uh, so to wash the taste out of my mouth from that, I watched Kill List later that night because I oh, wanted to feel dude. real bad. God, and, man, uh, that, and that creep myself out quite a bit. Because, uh, again, even though it's like, it's such a downer ending and I know where it's going, but that, that, has some genuine like ugh, spine tingling moments there's like you know there's the putting the markings on the bathroom mirror uh -huh. there's the whole tunnel sequence which is basically resident evil 4 come to life uh, -huh. uh it's just it's got so many great bits i uh just a deeply a deeply upsetting movie that i i love going back to weirdly that's one of those you think would be a one and done but i just ah i love it and it's always conveniently streaming. It's on uh, it's on Prime right now, actually. It's because you it's because like there's it's one of those like there's no like like green room. There's really there's no there's no way out of that. Like there's no right. I mean, you could argue like, okay, yeah, just let the roadie go get your phone. You were told don't go back in the room unless they're with you. Just let somebody get it and they'll bring it to you and you can leave. But what are we? We're creatures of heaven. No, nobody's touching my phone. Nobody's getting my phone but me. So, like, yeah, you kind of did it to yourself. But at the same time, there really is, like, no way out of that because it's, like, with, we'll kill this because it's, like, it's been, you've been given multiple times of, like, you don't have to do this. You can you can, you can stop. You don't have to keep going with this, this thing. I, obviously, yeah, you need the money, yada, yada, yada. And then just the just the last or, like 20 minutes of it are just yeah, so just realizing like, that they're in something that they they you and even you as the viewer never fully grasp which is one of my favorite things is like you never quite know what the hell was going on there like fully yeah which makes it all the more scary 
Okay. Because he doesn't have to open fire on the thing he sees. They could have just left and that would have been it. You know? Well, yeah. Like his buddy even told sure. him, like, there's too many well, of them. We don't Let's have go. to spoil the end of the movie for people who may not have seen it. Okay. We have 10 minutes left and I want to get to two movies in particular. So I'm going to be go very brief, real quick, with my thoughts on The Exorcist Believer from David Gordon Green. They're trying to revive the franchise. It's getting the Blumhouse, uh, the treatment that Halloween just got. We're doing a, a you know, legacy sequel, bringing back Ellen Burstyn, uh, but trying to tell a new story that is reverential to the original. Saw this with our mother mm-hmm. for her pre-birthday present. Of course, she and I have a long storied history with the Exorcist franchise. She showed me the original when I was eight or nine years old, and it changed my life. And uh, we suffered through The Exorcist, the beginning in 2004 in the theater, which was terrible. Your favorite of the franchise? Of the the whole franchise? Cool. Uh, But yeah, we suffered through that together. And uh, yeah, she made the drive down to Charleston. And she was fairly optimistic because she, you know, she liked the, the Gordon Green Halloween movies for the most part. And we were both interested to see what was going to happen with this one. And of course we went to, went to dinner beforehand and I told her, yeah, I watched the heretic last night. So I'm, I'm trying to do this movie, all the favors in the world. Blah, blah, blah. We both really enjoyed it. Again, she's an OG fan. She saw the original in theaters, creeped her the hell out. Fainting left and right. You know, and just she, she was shit. there for the original hoopla. And so coming from her and coming from me, it's one of my all-time favorite films, not just horror films, but like just movies, period. I I liked Exorcist Believer. And I know like it just has been straight vitriol from almost everyone. And I I just, I want to stick up for it a little bit. I think he made a pretty solid movie. It's a little rough around the edges, but it has some great performances and I thought some really interesting ideas in it. And I, I, I'm less inclined more and more to fault a movie for having too many ideas in it. Like mm-hmm. that's not something I like to ding things for. I can ding you for not executing on them or like maybe not all being fully realized, but you know, I'm not going to fault you for like, you re- you tried to put a lot in there. Um, mm-hmm. I thought there was a lot of interesting concepts with like moving it to the South and like what a possession story would play out like here if again if anything i wish we had more time to delve into all of that and maybe weren't as married to having to pay homage and like i literally bring the chris mcneil character back into things like i i don't know it's trying to serve a lot of masters all at once i don't think it's fully successful but we had a good time in the theater it was a well-made movie to me and it had some very interesting ideas in it. I think it is worth watching when it hits Peacock in a you know couple weeks. Uh, it did okay. It kind of fell off the map almost immediately. Been pretty much panned by every critic possible. I just I want to stick up for a little bit. I don't think it is the abomination that everybody seems to think it is. It is easily the best Exorcist sequel by default. I'm sorry. It's just a fact. It's a point of fact. For you, that may not be saying much, but as much as we love that scare in Exorcist 3, go back and watch Exorcist 3. It's it's not great. There's a whole movie around that scare, but that that set piece is incredible. But the rest of that movie not really doesn't really do it for me personally. Uh 
So yeah, give the believer a shot, I guess, if you want to wait till it's streaming. Did we both see VHS? Oh yeah. Okay, let's close out with VHS 85. And I do, I want to basically, you have not finished Usher, is that correct? Uh, Like, I'm like five, I'm like, okay. I don't know, 20 okay. minutes into an episode. Again, five, not, not far at all. We've got about six minutes on the clock. Okay. okay. But uh, we will reconvene on Usher. I have one episode left. I just want to say I'm thoroughly enjoying it. We talked a little bit about Flanagan. So we have that marked. Same thing with Suburban Screams. I need to watch some more. I've only seen two so far. Yeah, well, I watched haven't, got, haven't gotten to Carpenter's episode yet, which is the final one, if I'm not mistaken. Right. So, VHS. So, yeah. Well, do you want to do VHS on its own, maybe? As, like, a review? And then we can, like, kind of go over some of the other stuff? We could, time, I maybe? guess. We could do this since, again. We could, I guess, since that is one that you have seen. And so we'll do vhs and usher as soon as you finish it yeah i'll make sure to get usher done soon okay i'm gonna we'll go try through, and sit we'll with go Kirk through the segments and, this weekend uh, finally okay and then when that mom and dad get back from north carolina okay I'll well with that with, with that in mind then let's just go back to the list then yeah yeah and uh you just shout off a bunch of other ones you want to we talked about well, we got rise yeah. okay yeah, yeah. I, again I'm, I'm spinning these out as quickly as possible on the seventh on the same day as evil dead rise very very late in the evening it had maybe even crossed over past midnight i watched i took a chance on one that has been on my radar for a bit it's called we're all going to the world's fair hmm. have you heard about this one never heard of it i almost want to just recommend it to you like sight unseen it's on hbo max right now the trailer i think is a pretty good representation of the vibe of the movie but i almost just go in cold brother mm -hmm. take a chance on this one for me will you do that okay and maybe we can maybe we can talk about that as well next time uh not you know not traditional horror but it was a first timer for me this movie has really fucking stuck with me uh i just hmm. yeah i i want you to okay i need, I need to talk to somebody about it <laughs> is gotcha. why i need you to watch it please well if that's please, what you please if that's all you that, need i'm your man brother please mark that one down we're all going to the, world's, to the world's fair Sphere. it's on hbo max okay. uh revisited lords of salem uh the the best rob zombie movie uh totally holds up that's on prime right now had a fun little excursion in the sitcom world i did uh three boy meets world episodes i did and then there was sean who's afraid of Corey wolf and the psychotic episode all a great time and you'll be proud of me brother so peacock right now on their peak screaming thing mm -hmm. they have all the halloween episodes of certain shows yes that's what i love about peacock. i just pick those out for you out of context now have watched every halloween episode of roseanne yes and had an absolute ball with them <laughs> those are super fun some of the some, best ever. some of them are fucking completely unhinged too yes <laughs> it's just like it felt like they were writing this on the fly like literally in be. the moment I, that's yeah. the only thing i can think of uh revisited death proof the theatrical cut great time uh my pre-birthday present to myself was the thing 1982 kills me that i have to say that uh a sure just absolute masterpiece and then my birthday movie was suspiria another masterpiece from 1977 hate that i have to say that but i do okay uh went back to the lighthouse for the first time in a while that one has fully become my favorite robert eggers movie 
Uh, it's 10 out of 10 masterpiece. Absolutely love it. Just pure, pure joy every time I go back to it. My ideal kind of like, it's it's creepy and spooky, but it's also funny as hell, like at yeah. the same time. Uh, and then I started watching Fall of House of Usher, which we'll talk about. Uh, that started around the 12th. Mm-hmm. And uh, Spurgeon Scream has been mixed in there. Uh, I mentioned that I did Black Christmas, Dr. Sleep Director's Cut, which I liked, but maybe is a little too long. And last night, because they're covering Fincher on Blank Check, uh, Zodiac Director's Cut, which is a modern masterpiece. Uh, we have a minute and 30 seconds left. Is there anything else you want to say uh, to the I watched, people? I watched all of the, uh, watched both species, one, two. I watched The Boogeyman. I watched uh, Bones and All. I told you about that one. Um, I did do the thing. I did some of those other ones you mentioned. Um, yeah, I'm probably going to go the thing about the World's Fair. I'll write that down. And um, yeah, we'll we'll just plan to next time we get together. We'll okay, go over 60 that seconds stuff left. I will do the nice. It'll be great. Clean. I'll do the so nice just, clean wrap yeah. up. Okay, ahead, wrap it up. Lord. So that was a long rambling about all the things we've been watching recently. We will reconvene to talk the Fall of the House of Usher, which is on Netflix right now. We will also discuss VHS 85. Is that correct? Yes, 85. 85, which is available on Shudder. Go check those out. We'll have full-on reviews. Maybe Gavin will go see The Believer, or excuse me, Exorcist, Believer. Who knows? Who knows what might happen on the next October 2023 episode? Tune in next time. Tune in next time. Same bad time. Same bad we've, channel. And we've been the We've been the blood-sucking Blanchard Brothers, and we hope you had a spooky time! <laughs> I think we made it. Just hit the button! Hit the button! Oh. Stop the recording! Stop the recording!